I'm gonna just let God do what he wants to do in this place. God told me <laughs> that I'm gonna send some people into the room who've been sitting on something they need to be carrying. It'll make sense if we get to the message. But I hear God saying that I'm sending some ideas and some businesses and some books that somebody's been sitting on, somebody's been sitting on it, they've been laying on it, and I want them to know that it's time for them to start carrying it instead of sitting on what God gave them. It hit me like a ton of bricks when I was studying. I'm gonna get into the text, it'll make sense, and we'll get there and we'll pray and we'll go home. John 5 and 6. This is not an unfamiliar text, but I saw something when I was studying that I think is gonna to speak to where we are. And it begins, it says, when Jesus saw him, him is this man who has been paralyzed and sitting by the pool at Bethesda when Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he already had been in that condition a long time he said to him do you want to be made well the sick man answered him sir I have no man to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up but while I am coming another steps down before me and Jesus says to him, rise, take up your bed and walk. And immediately the man was made well, took up his bed and walked. And that day was the Sabbath. That's important because that means in order to heal him that Jesus broke some rules. And that's important because he shouldn't be carrying anything on the Sabbath, but when God calls you to start carrying what you have been sitting on, it doesn't matter what the rules and the boundaries think about it. It says, the Jews therefore said to him who was cured, it is the Sabbath, it is not lawful for you to carry your bed. And he answered them and he said, he who made me well said to me, take up your bed and walk. In other words, I don't have to have authority that you understand because Jesus said something to me that overrules anything that you could say. So Father, I am asking that you would continue to sit in this room. Great God that you are. You are living water. And when we drink from your well, Father, we never thirst again. God, we need a sip from your well. Somebody came in tired, we need a sip from your well. Somebody came in broken, we need a sip from your well. And Father, when we sip from that well, victory is our inheritance. And so Father, we declare victory in this room because when you are in the room, there is no lack. God, I'm asking that you would meet every need that you would identify every crack and that with your spirit you would fill us until we have been made whole, ready to pick up our beds and walk. As for me, Father, you can have complete control. If you wanna change this message and change this text, you can do just that because I am here to serve you so that these people can be made well. 
So let there be no fear, no anxiety, no being in my head, just your spirit, your strength, your power standing tall in me in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So I can remember when I was growing up and I thought that I was like, grown when I turned 18. And because um, that's what the law says legally at 18, you're an adult. What I didn't know is that you're not really an adult until you pay bills. And I mean all of them, not that one little Nokia bill so that you can continue to play Snake on your phone. You pay all of your bills. and. And I didn't really understand that fully until I had moved out on my own and rent kept coming up short, you know, because I didn't have everything that you needed to have to stay there all of the time. And um, I can remember, <laughs> I remember the last time I asked my mother for money because she hit me with one of those country sayings. And she said, only a fool buys what they want and begs for what they need. <laughs> so did you just call me a fool, your child? <laughs> yeah, she said, only a fool buys what they want and begs for what they need. And it was from that moment forward that my paradigm shifted on want versus need. Because if you are not careful, you will think that something you want is actually something you need. And you have to qualify your wants versus your needs. Do I really need that? Is it going to sustain my life? Is it going to make me better in any capacity? Does it get me closer to my destiny or do I just want it? And until we are willing to sacrifice what we want so that we can have what we need, we will always find ourselves stuck between where we are and where we could be because there are moments in life that simply require that you sacrifice what you want. When we find this man at the pool laying, waiting to be healed, he has an encounter with Jesus and Jesus asks him, do you want to be made well? He says back to him, I need someone to take me over to the pool, this notion of want versus need. I love this because as I was reading the text, it dawned on me that he had lost sight of what he really needed because he didn't have what he wanted. Yeah, because what he needed was to be made whole, but because he didn't have what he wanted, he thought that he lost access to what he needed. And I think that that is something that we have to be willing to really dissect in our lives as we determine the path to success and wholeness and purpose and ultimately building the kingdom is am I keeping God regulated to what I think I need in order for me to achieve what he said was down on the inside of me? This man who's laying by the pool thinks he needs another person to get it. The only way I can have access is if another person gives it to me. But what Jesus says in exchange is, is so beautiful, and we're going to get into that. But you can be so blinded by what you think you need that you don't even recognize that the presence is carrying the very thing you're asking for. Mm. 
because he's standing in front of a man who could give him exactly what he ultimately wants, but because he thinks he needs it in a different package, he misses the opportunity altogether. God, help me. That's why we got to seek the kingdom. That's why we got to be in the presence because when I'm in the presence, God really qualifies what I want. He qualifies what I need. If you can't bring it into the presence, then you got to leave it where you found it because it's in the presence that I can determine whether or not this is legitimate. <sighs> he goes, you don't really need someone to, to put you into the pool. You really want someone to do it. God, I'm going to read it the way I wrote it in my note. Because I believe that so many of us lose sight of what we need. And when this text began, Jesus asked the man what seems like an obvious question. But the truth is, when you lose sight of what you need, you don't always have an answer to the obvious question. Should I go? Should I stay? Should I take the job? Should I not take the job? Somewhere along the way, he lost sight of what he needed. And so Jesus comes to expand the picture to remind him, oh, I feel that for somebody. Somebody needs to be reminded of what it is that you were really after when you came into this city. Somebody needs to be reminded of what it was really after when you got into that marriage because when you get here you can start discrediting your dream and you can start discrediting what you think you need but God comes and he expands the picture so that he can remind you the whole reason why you're lying here in the first place is because you told me that you wanted to be made well you didn't tell me that you needed a man you didn't tell me that you needed a million dollars you got around a bunch of other sick people who were laying by the pool and started thinking that the only way you could do it is if they could help you. But God came to told me, if no one else picks you up and takes you by this pool, if no one else sees the gift that I placed down on the inside of you, and all you do is have an encounter with me, that is more than enough. I hear God saying, you've been looking for love in all of the wrong places. I got everything you need standing right in front of you. Standing right in front of me. God, remind me why I got into this in the first place. God, remind me why I thought my art mattered in the first place. God, remind me why I thought this was my purpose in the first place. God, remind me why I dragged myself here and got this close. Didn't need anybody. I just wanted to be made whole. Man, that is when you can really trust that what you want and what you need can be trusted is when it's what Jesus wants to. Yeah, because the man wanted to be made whole. Ultimately, that's what he wanted, but he thought he needed someone to do it. But when he has this encounter with Jesus, it reminds him to get back on the same page so that what I want and what Jesus wants can be the same thing. Sometimes I have to take a moment to myself and I have to ask myself, did you want that 
or does you and Jesus want that? Because if you want it, then you can't ask God to bless it. But if it is what you and Jesus want, then, then no weapon formed against you prosper. And then every tongue that rises up against you, he will condemn because me and Jesus want the same thing. When me and Jesus started wanting the same thing, my life started changing because I was moving in the direction, not of what I wanted, but what would build his kingdom. I showed myself trustworthy when I started doing that thing that he wanted too. So as I'm studying and I'm praying and I'm looking at this text, I realize how nuanced this situation is because Jesus comes up to him and a lot of the stories that we see in the Bible, we see someone calling out for Jesus to be made whole and to be healed, but Jesus approaches him. And he was waiting for a moment when the water would be stirred up. And he would have someone who would carry him. That means the water needed to be stirred up and he needed someone to carry him at the same time. He was waiting for this moment when everything lined up. And while he was waiting for a moment, God brought a moment to him. It was such a sign to me that you think that it has to happen a certain way. But God says, I, when you're ready for the healing that I have for you, when what you want aligns with what I want, then I will bring the moment to you. I will bring the opportunity to you. I will bring the idea to you when it aligns with what I want to do in the earth. The moment is coming to you. The moment is coming to you. That's why you have to stay where you are. That's why you have to keep your heart posture correct. That's why you have to make sure that you're maintaining what you want. Because when the moment comes, you got to be able to identify that this is a moment. This is not just a regular encounter. This is an opportunity that could propel me into the next dimension of what God wants to do in my life. This moment is important because not only is it the moment in which the man will be made whole, but it's also the moment that is going to set up Jesus having a sermon with the Jews. So he couldn't just pick any regular person for this moment. He needed someone that would set it off. Yeah, he had a plan. He really wanted to make the Jews question what happened so that they would have an encounter with Jesus. So when Jesus has this moment with the man who's laying by the pool, he has the ultimate desire to give him what he wants so that he can get what he needs. Sometimes Jesus gives you what you want so that he can get you to where you need to be. Gotta say this the way I feel it. When I was studying, I was trying to understand what made this moment so powerful. Jesus needed something that would grab the Jews' attention. So he goes by this pool where there are a lot of sick people, and he has the intention of doing a miracle. But he couldn't just choose anybody. He needed someone who had something to carry as a sign of the miracle. Could have healed a blind man, but the blind man didn't have a bed to carry. He could have healed a deaf man, but the deaf man didn't have a bed to carry. He needed to heal the paralyzed man because this paralyzed man would then be walking around with this bed that he used to lie on. And if he was going to break the rule and bless him, 
so that he could set something off in the city. He needed someone who he could bless that it would be so ridiculous and so crazy that the man who had been laying there for 38 years was now carrying the thing that he used to lay on. He needed someone who was gonna set something off in the city. I can't just pick anybody for this miracle. If that's your word, I want you to grab it. God wants to do something down on the inside of you that he can't just use anybody for because he's trying to set something off in this city. He's trying to set something off in this industry. He's trying to set something off that makes hell nervous. And I need to use somebody who's going to pick up something that they were laying on. I'm going to pick up that gift that I've been sleeping on. I'm going to pick up that business that I've been sleeping on. You've been telling me for years that it was time for me to get my life together. But now I had an encounter with you and I'm ready to pick up that very thing that I was laying on. He let that man sit there and he waited and he waited and he waited to be healed but he had to wait for a long time so that when God spoke that word when Jesus spoke that word and said rise up and take your bed and walk that he would not ask him any more questions that man picked up that bed he said you don't have to tell me twice I think that that's what God is looking for in this season I'm looking for somebody who I don't have to repeat myself that when I say rise up your bed and walk that you'll carry that bed that you'll carry that music that you'll carry that business don't ask me any questions i let you get desperate enough that you wouldn't ask me twice you don't have to tell me twice you don't have to tell me twice because I've been sitting here waiting for other people to get healed. I've been sitting here waiting for somebody to carry me. I've been sitting here waiting for somebody to pick me up. And if you tell me that I can pick up this bed and walk, don't play with me, Jesus, because I will pick up this bed. I'll pick up this ministry. I'll pick up this marriage and I'll walk with it like a sign that the very thing that used to hold me somebody who was tired of waiting he needed somebody who was tired of watching everyone else get their breakthrough while they just sit down waiting on somebody to carry them I'm sorry they couldn't carry you but then again I'm not sorry at the same time because it made you desperate for a word from God it made you desperate to pick up your bed and walk My subject for tonight is carry it, carry it, carry it, carry it. This is a prophetic word. This word isn't for everybody. This is a word for somebody that's been sitting on something that God told you to release a long time ago. I don't expect for everyone to get happy. I just need that person who's been lying on that gift, who's been lying on that bed. God, you told me when you sent me to this city that there was something in this city for me. I hear God saying it's time for you to carry that thing that I gave you. Because the timing is coming. 
The timing is coming. He had to do it on the Sabbath because it would break a rule. But he also did it on the Sabbath because the man would stand out on the Sabbath for carrying the bed. He wouldn't have stood out if he did it on Monday. He wouldn't have stood out if he did it on Tuesday. It would have looked weird, but he wouldn't have stood out. But God set the stage for him to stand out with that thing. God set the stage so that it would look ridiculous for him to be walking with this thing. He set the stage so that he could break the rules. He set the stage so that he could break the rule. I want you to know that, that I'm setting the stage right now. I'm just waiting on the Sabbath. I'm just waiting on the day that it doesn't make any sense for you to be healed so that everyone can see that I broke the rules to get you that healing I broke the rules to get you that breakthrough somebody in this room ought to be in jail somebody don't play with me I know who's in here somebody in this room ought to be dead and in their grave but I broke the rules to get you here Take up your bed. Take up your bed and walk. Take up that thing that you've been sitting on. That gift, that talent, that pursuit of wholeness, that breakup, that addiction, that something you've been sitting on that you need to be carrying because you've been waiting for somebody to see you. The man who was laying by the pool ultimately says, I'm waiting on somebody to see me. Because if somebody sees me, maybe they'll help me. Jesus said, if you see yourself right. If you see yourself the way that I see you, you wouldn't need anybody to see you. I'm going to say that again until it gets somebody in the back. If you see yourself the way I see you, you wouldn't need anybody else to see you because you would realize that me and you could partner and we could do some things in the earth. Jesus was getting ready to set Jerusalem on fire. And I know we're not in the Bible days, but this is important because we're at Activate LA. And I don't know who's watching. Maybe you're activating Chicago. Maybe you're activating Denver. But I came to let you know that Jesus is ready to set something off in the spirit realm again. And he's looking for somebody who he won't have to tell twice. He's looking for somebody who's not waiting for somebody to see them. They're just waiting for the word. I'm looking for a sound. I'm looking for the sound that says, take up your bed and walk. I think that's what tonight's message is supposed to be about. This is a sound for somebody. Maybe I should have called it sounding the alarm because I wanted somebody to know that he's ready for you now, that he's ready for you to take up your bed and walk, that he's ready for you to start carrying a sign of his glory. Because that's what the lame man ends up carrying 
is glory. The kind of glory you can only receive after you've been sitting somewhere paralyzed. Paralyzed by fear. Paralyzed by anxiety. Paralyzed by abandonment issues. I've been paralyzed for too long. But if he would have been healed the way that he wanted to be healed, he wouldn't have been in position for Jesus to use him the way that he needed to use him to set that thing off in the city. So he let him wait. And he let him get desperate enough to try Jesus. I got to try something that I never thought that I would have to try because I'm that desperate for my healing. I don't know who you are, but I wanted to let you know that you don't have to be paralyzed any longer. I wanted to let you know that you don't have to be stuck just because no one would carry you. That it's too much pressure to put on one person to be your friend and your savior. To be your lover and your savior. I'm sorry that you've been paralyzed by what happened to you. I'm not trying to be insensitive. But I just want you to know that just because no one sees that you're paralyzed doesn't mean that you cannot be healed from this paralysis. You can be healed from this. But you got to remember that it was never about someone carrying you and it was always about whether or not you wanted to be made whole. You may never get that apology. They may never understand the damage that happened to you. They may never understand that you sat there and you waited for them to come fix what happened. But that's okay because that doesn't mean that we're staying there. Because one encounter with God can expand your perspective. And it can make you realize that I didn't need you to carry me. And I didn't need someone to take me to the pool that God would bring a miracle to me. For somebody, this is not just a Thursday night service. This is God bringing that word to them. I'll bring the moment to you. I wasn't searching for Jesus when I found him. I just opened my eyes and I realized that he was there. I wasn't searching for a ministry. I just opened my eyes and a ministry was there. I wasn't searching for anything. But I could not see what was there until I gave up this notion of someone carrying me. Someone fixing me. Someone making me feel better. Someone healing what was broken down on the inside of me. Someone giving me some attention. When I let that go and I said, maybe I'm enough by myself. When I let that go and I said, at the end of the day, I thought I needed a person, but what I really need more than anything is to be made whole. I just want to be made whole. But it takes you sitting there, paralyzed, 
watching the world move on around you to make you finally say within yourself, I'll try Jesus. I'll try your way. I'll stop sitting on this thing and I'll try to pick up my bed and walk. He got desperate. I don't know, man. This is not the structure that I wanted the message to have. But I really do feel that for somebody. That God wants to give you your legs back. That he wants to give you your creativity back. What does it mean to try Jesus? It means to think the highest thought. It means to believe that when he got on that cross that he gave you another option. It means that there's really healing that is available to you. It means that I'm gonna start acting the way that he acts instead of acting the way my circumstance made me act. I wanna start a new path. I wanna think differently. I'm tired of being depressed. Jesus, what would you say about this situation? Jesus, what would you say about this industry? I'm tired of being paralyzed. God, speak a word about my situation. I hear God saying, forgive. I hear God saying, you can still walk. But when you walk, I, I love this because it stands to reason I think any doctor would agree that after being paralyzed for so long, his legs were probably too weak to stand up himself. But when he's told to stand up, he's also told to carry this bed, which means that God trusted the strength that he would have when he stood up that it wouldn't just be him carrying himself, but that he could handle some weight. I feel that prophetically for somebody. When you get back up, you won't be stumbling. I feel the presence of God in this place. Somebody thinks that they can walk again, but they're afraid to stumble. I want to prophesy in this room. When you get back up again, you will not stumble. I know it's been on again and off again, but that season is over. I rebuke the enemy and every thought that he's ever placed in your mind that made you think you'll always be who you used to be. I speak the blood of Jesus over your life. When he steps into a room, he closes doors that no man can open, and he opens doors that no man can shut you're not just getting up again I'm gonna put some weight on you I'm gonna let you carry something I'm gonna trust you with weight I'm gonna trust you with influence I'm gonna trust you with that marriage I'm gonna trust you with that family I'm gonna put some weight down on the inside of you God sees you. He sees you. If you're here and you just have been paralyzed, you know you're gifted, you know you have purpose, you know that there's something bigger and better for you, but I'm paralyzed by fear. I'm paralyzed by failure. And I can't move the moment I try.
try to move, I get flooded with these thoughts and ideas that I'm not going to make it. Can you meet me down here at the altar? But don't just come, bring your bed with you. Because when you come down to this altar, you're not going back the same way you went. Rise. Take up your bed and walk. This is a sign. I'm going to see a victory. Not going to be lost. Not going to be afraid. I prophesy this over my life. I'm making a declaration. I'm going to get my mind back. I'm going to get my strength back. I want my legs back. I want my confidence back. Yeah. So when the paralyzed man and Jesus came into alignment about what he really needed and what he really wanted, it gave space for that miracle to take place. I think that when we don't know the steps to how God's going to do something, that we just have to come into agreement that he's going to do it. So when we sing that song, that I'm going to see a victory, there's somebody who's thinking, well, I don't really know how that's going to happen because I don't really have the resources and I haven't had the job. We're not talking about the practical. We're not talking about the logistics of it. We're talking about what's going to happen when it's all said and done. Because I am a child of the Most High God. And when God set me down in this earth, it was not so that I can lose. So I come into agreement with what he says. I come into agreement with who he says I am. I'm going to see a victory in my marriage. I'm going to see a victory in my business. I don't know how he's going to do it, and it's none of my business. I want you to think of that thing that you need victory in. And I want you to tell that thing. Don't just sing a song, tell that thing. 
Now do me a favor and sing it on behalf of the person beside you. Can you help me? The song says, you took what the enemy meant for evil, and you turned it for good. You turned it for a history of taking what the enemy meant for evil and turning it around for good. I said he's got a history of taking what the enemy meant for evil and turn it around for good. He's got a history of taking addiction and turning it around for good. He's got a history of taking pregnancy and turning it around for good. He's got a history talking about something I heard about. I'm talking about something I've experienced with my own life. And that same power is still turning things around for good today. I want to pray that spirit of fear off of you. I want to rebuke it in the name of Jesus. I want to pray that spirit of paralysis off of you of you sitting on the thing you ought to be carrying. I want to pray that thing off of you. I want to pray until it stirs up the gift of God down on the inside of you. I want to pray until heaven starts overflowing and touching down on everything connected to you. I want to pray until glory touches down on La Brea. Do I have any worshipers in this house who will help me make a demand on heaven? Wake up heaven, I got something to say. Wake up heaven, I got something to pull down to Spirit of the living God, your power, your glory, your perspective, God, that's what we desire. 
God, because if you impart your power in this room, then everything that's holding us down would be broken off in the name of Jesus. So Father God, I'm asking for your power to fall on top of fear until it breaks into a thousand pieces. I'm praying for your glory to fall over anxiety until it breaks into a thousand pieces. God, I'm asking for your glory to fall over suicidal thoughts until it breaks. I want to bind the spirit of suicide in the name of Jesus. It's suicide prevention week and two or three of us are gathered in your name. So I want to prophesy that the gun jams. I want to prophesy that the pills don't work. I don't care where they are. Who the Son has set free is free indeed. That means that there is no more room for your love and my fear to live in the same place. So I cast out every fear that's in this room. I cast it out in the name of Jesus. And I ask for an impartation of your glory to fall in this place like never before, God. Uproot the thoughts that haunt us at night. God, help us to forgive ourselves for who we used to be so that we can lay hold of who we are now. God, we're praying that we would become so consumed with your love and your glory and your power that when the enemy tries to make us believe that we'll never overcome and that we'll never see victory, that we will place him back under, his, under our feet where he belongs. Father, thank you for these, your sons and daughters who have come down to this altar, each of them carrying their own beds as a sign that they will no longer lie or sit down on the thing they ought to be carrying. So God, I'm praying that you would give them the strength to carry the weight connected to their name, that they would understand that the goal was always wholeness, not perfection. Because if the goal was perfection, there would be no need for wholeness. But we are made whole when we take our weaknesses and we turn them over to you. So Father, we're not just at this altar. We're here for a divine exchange. God, wherever you see weakness, wherever you see insecurity, wherever you see anxiety, wherever you see fear, God, let there be a divine exchange. Touch even now, Father. Touch even now, Father. Where there's fear, God, touch. Where there's anxiety, God, touch. God, where there's fear, touch as only you can do. Remove it, God, in the name of Jesus. Let your power begin to flow down on the inside of these, your sons and daughter. Break chains in the name of Jesus. May they never be the same again, God. Break chains, generational chains. Let it be broken right now. Somebody came carrying their mother's bed, but they're going back with generational blessings. Break it right now, Father. In the name of Jesus, let glory flow as only it can when you set in your room. God, these are your sons and daughters. These are your children. And they've answered a call about who they want to be in your world. So, Father, I'm asking for a divine impartation of glory. Let it flow from our belly. 
and let there be overflow God the kind of overflow that touches heals set free and delivers until they pick up every everything that they've been sitting on and release it for your glory God seal this word repeat after me Heavenly Father thank you for Jesus thank you for making him who had no sin all of my weakness all of my fears all of my limitations you placed in his body and nailed it to the cross and when he was raised free and victorious I was raised up too no fears no anxiety no pressure just freedom I want that freedom back I'm grabbing that freedom I'm activating that freedom I'm unleashing that freedom until the world has seen your glory manifested through my fears and through my pain have your way in my life fill me with your spirit until the overflow hallelujah have you received the word from the Lord tonight has the word drawn near to you I just want to add to this prayer one small thing one small thing in that particular passage Jesus brings the word and that man accepted it as truth and when he accepted it as truth that meant that any other truth or any other reality that was present was no longer present and there is this 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 there's this grace that I'm going to pray over you and the reason why I asked you if if you heard a word from God that wasn't just like I'm trying to hype you up because God has drawn near to you tonight and what you have to do is you have to understand that God is truth and when God brings you a word, he's bringing you a word of truth, which means that you, there is no other alternative reality. It is so. And that's why, that's why the man just, that's why he got up. He, there was no other choice because God brought him truth. And so the woman of God, Pastor Sarah, said tonight, carry it. And I'm going to pray that there is an unusual grace, because there is, it's in the room. An unusual grace for you to receive it as it is. For something in your spirit to just say, it is so. And I'm not going back to what was. I don't care what you walked out of. I don't care what circumstance you were in before you came in here and got that word. I want, I want. See, something's going to happen today. Something's going to happen tonight where that alternative reality disappears and all you know is what God spoke. Are you tracking with me? So all I want you to do is I want you to take what God spoke to you. I want you to just get it in your spirit right now. God might have spoken and I believe for many people it was just this one thing, this one thing. But if it's more, you grab it. But that one thing that God spoke to you and said it is so, enough is enough, it's over. I want you to take that and we're going to pray 
and believe that at the receiving of that truth, every other reality would disappear and you will never go back to it. I feel God in this house. And you'll never go back to it again. So, I can't tell you what he said to you and what he was speaking concerning. I can't, only you and God know that. But what I can tell you is you just have to accept. And once you accept it, you'll walk. It's as simple as that. I'm not even trying to stir you up with a bunch of faith. It's, it's, it's bigger. It's spiritual. It's higher than that. You don't have to believe your way into it. No. No. It's, it's easy. It's easy. It's a decision to believe. This is my truth. And it's going to break out just like that. And it's going to break off just like that. And it's going to start up just like that. This is my new truth. So I want you to get that truth. And I want you to grab it close to your heart. And grab it close to your mind. And I want you to just close your eyes for a second. Because sometimes in order to step into a new reality, you have to close your eyes from the reality that you're in. And I want you to close your eyes and I want you to, in your heart, in your mind, what God spoke, accept it as truth. God says, I'm not a man that I should lie. If I've engaged you, if I've encountered you, I'm not playing with you. I'm not tickling your fancy. I'm God. I am truth. Everything that consists, consists because I spoke it. So if I have spoken to you, and he has, because how could she know where you were? Lest God showed her. So I want you to take it and just allow it to be. Just allow it to be. You don't have to fight for it. Just allow it to be true. Fifteen seconds of allowing it to be true. That thing that God spoke to you. Allow it to be true. Say amen about it. That means it is so. Allah, let it be according to your word. Let it be. Allow it to be. And the moment that it becomes in your heart and in your mind, the healing is there. The breakthrough is there. The clarity is there. The open door is there. Seal it, Jesus, in your wonderful name. Amen. 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 Can we celebrate about what God did in this place tonight? Come on, you can do better than that. You got a new normal.